Hello, I'm Murray Newland and welcome to the How To CEO Show. You can build an amazing billion dollar company or you can graduate to build that billion dollar company. In this show today, we're going to be talking about corporate innovation and the challenges that companies go through and how innovation can really help companies move forward. I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Jamil today, who um, works for an extraordinary company which has gone through amazing changes and which has, a, has an amazing story. So with that, uh, welcome to the show and please do introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much, Murray. It's really amazing how what the internet does lets people out in California reach out to people in the world. I'm based in Dubai, but I actually operate from Dubai within Asia, Europe, states, and very nice to be at. So thank you. Thank you. And talk about like your company and your job. Well, I work for the Eastman Kodak company, so Kodak. Um, Kodak is known to everybody and loved as something they grew up with in the 90s and before. Um, might not really uh, know it in their day-to-day, but Kodak is the company that invented the consumer camera, invented by George Eastman. In 1888, it was launched. So it's a 130-year-old company. And one of the things that people are always surprised by, I would say, is how many inventions have come out of Kodak over the 100-year period. And there are over 20,000 patents that have been registered by scientists and researchers. And of course, um, Kodak is known for a couple of things. One of them is in the United States. It went through a hard time in 2011, 2012. And that was simply because it is. it became a case study of what not to do when you're very big and number one in your field. They ignored the digital revolution. And one of the funny and ironic um, pieces of the twist in the story is that they are the ones who, and one of their scientists invented the digital camera, but they were making so much money from film that they thought it isn't worth really looking into. Of course, Kodak is so big, global, and is in literally, I've been to villages uh, where you see the Kodak logo. Um, the company didn't disappear, didn't die off. It makes a couple of billion dollars a year, but it makes it in industries that are not consumer facing. My job is to bring products that are consumer facing to the masses um, using the Kodak brand. How are you doing that? Kodak is a company that has uh, a lot of products that have um, gone through many industries, many categories. And I'll give you a very simple example of if you think about film, film being developed. First of all, film um, itself is a product that still exists and in Hollywood, most of the Marvel films, uh, directors like Quentin Tarantino, Sam Mendes, J.J. Abrams, who blockbusters still use Kodak film, the only company that makes film for movies, because the pixels that exist in the chemical process are far more superior in terms of color and in terms of the detail you can get than you would be able to get on a digital camera. And I'm talking about a digital movie camera. A lot of people are moving into digital, but when it's at that scale and that size, they still use film. Now, of course, that also leads to things like chemicals. Chemi- film is chemically developed. So Kodak has been in the past in chemicals. If you think of healthcare, your x-rays displayed on a film, and I've been to hospitals where there are still Kodak x-ray machines, even though parts of the company have been sold off. I'm just talking about the brand name and the yes. amount of product that have come out of a, so it's chemicals, imaging products, print. And so now Kodak has over a billion and a half dollars a year in revenue in print. And these are big printing machines. But of course, that extends then logically to things like paper. I say this because whenever you tell a person Kodak, they immediately think 
film and um, even a box of photos that they might have yes. at home with their parents. And it's a beautiful memory. It's associated with love and trust and family, which are things that any brand would love to have with their consumers. So how does a company like Kodak build on that? The yeah. first thing is you can't do it alone. Uh, technology moves fast forward so fast that any company that tries to own future technologies, I think will probably, building walls basically will lead to them driving themselves out of business. What you need to build are bridges, okay? And in effect, we take the brand and we build bridges and we create partnerships with companies that have a great product, a quality product. They have sales in their own brand or some brands, or what they really want is a global or very well-known brand that will carry their quality product immediately to the best retail, the best um, you know, cost, customer profile. Are you still developing new technologies or are you relying on old technology? And how are you bringing new technologies to life within this organization? Kodak is based in New York, in Rochester. It's a town that was built around Kodak um, as a company. And uh, out of there, it's mostly still film and print. That's really the, uh, the focus. And that's what they've had to focus on. Um, what happens other than that is very little, if anything. Um, a lot of the uh, bigger businesses were sold off, some before the 2012 uh, announcement. But the idea is that we partner with some companies a lot more closely and we definitely share where possible Kodak uh, IP and if that's something that can add to a product then we do it and Kodak has I mean I'll give you real examples you know Kodak helped the Apollo mission get to the moon a lot of the imaging that happened of the moon is done by Kodak lenses and Kodak cameras pictures of earth were taken using Kodak cameras and lenses and these are scientists who developed all of those uh, things so there are people who are still and very few and far between but um, still around who uh, remember those technologies and can have input uh, with those with regards to those kind of technologies we have some great staff out in New York who can take any new product and, and effectively test it, we call it commercialization, and find out uh, what it is that we could add in literally in terms of suggestions, in terms of improvements to make that product worthy of a brand name like Kodak. That's fantastic. And how do you see that the future of corporate innovation in as companies develop and as markets move fast and as more companies experience what happened with Kodak, where a, a big market changes so rapidly? I think it's a balance uh, that is very difficult to achieve where you have executives and people who are, uh, their day-to-day -day routine is meetings and numbers and trying to achieve uh, global expansion or uh, they have production issues that they're having to deal with, etc. And so they're looking at it from a project management perspective, as well as, of course, of finance and legal uh, hurdles they have to get through versus, and then what happens there is a pyramid, essential, you have to go through a management process and structure versus what I would love to refer to as a matrix structure. I think innovation will happen where you have to have somebody uh, at the top would be great that welcomes 
mistakes, welcomes failure in a managed way, lets different people take risks. What's happening now is there's a lot of data that people can begin to um, take more calculated risks, but at the end of the day, it's a personality, I think. There's a human element to this of the gut feel, I think this will work. You'll never have 100% data telling you to do the right thing. So that's where a bit um, of experience and a bit of real life, you can go out and go for a walk go and see what's happening in malls and get a sense for what's happening. And at the same time, give projects a green light. And I mean, I have a part two to this, but uh, does that answer your question? Yes, and I'd love to hear your part two. Partly it's to do with, you know, in the creative field. And that's something I did start in media and in creative. I'll give you a very simple example from 20, 25 years ago now. Um, the Simpsons. Anybody who, who knows The Simpsons, of course, the longest running TV show of all time, um, might be surprised to know that The Simpsons didn't start out as that. It was a very short experimental cartoon segment in something called The Tracy Ullman Show. And she's a British comedian. And I think she crossed over to, the, to America. And she had a producer and a, a writer. And they experimented with a very short, weird cartoon called The Simpsons as a very short segment. And what happened after that is somebody decided to give that very weird cartoon a chance and somebody then picked it up and put it into the mainstream. And I say this because in corporate techn technology, in um, innovation, in any of that, there are smaller experiments that need to be given a green light to be tested for a larger audience. And what I'm, why I'm telling you this is, and it can be within a structure of continuous experimentation. And that's where I say creativity. So part two is the process yields new ideas that are uh, functioning, not the actual product, if you know what I mean. So within the process of creating the Tracy Ullman show and on a weekly basis, there was a gem in there that came out of the fact that everybody there was creating in the same way as many inventions, penicillin or anything else happens because somebody noticed a product or a benefit of something, but while working, you can't just have theory, theory, theory and release a great product each time. You have to be um, releasing things that come out of the actual practice of releasing things. That's, that's a great insight. So who else do you see doing a great job um, in this, uh, this field? And, and who else should we be looking out for? People will be surprised um, as to what kind of innovation can happen. Um, and I'll relate it directly to what I'm doing. Um, the other company that I have my eye on actually Netflix with regards to brand licensing because what they've done is they've got a department now that releases products related to their own programs so Stranger Things Stranger Things is a series yes. and there are things like Stranger Things Lego sets um, there's a soundtrack a mobile game uh, clothing lines that have gone on and into H&M so I'm saying uh, in a company like Netflix, you wouldn't expect them to, to look at products or you'd find it very difficult for them to have revenue from products. And I'm saying, well, in the new age, what we have is a lot of eyeballs on a lot of social media as well as streaming media. And there are ways to associate your products within that. Um, of course, product placement is the old uh, word for it, but now it's much more about a licensing thing and doing things that people don't expect. So I think what they're doing over in Netflix is quite awesome. And, and who's the person leading that? Interestingly, I mean, you're over in California. They are leading it out of California. My understanding is a lady called Amy Reinhardt. Um, she's the person looking into this 
And I think it's something that, you know, globally, they have so much data. They can know exactly who's watching what, where, and you just have to link that if you want to buy. Excellent. And talking about linking, uh, if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, LinkedIn is a great start. Um, I'd really appreciate them reaching out. And I'd love to, if they could mention that they heard me on your show. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much, Mary, again. And I'd love to um, know as soon as um, you put this up, and I'll share it on all my social media. And um, I really appreciate this. Thank you. I'm Mary Newland. You've been listening to the How to CEO show. Uh, thank you for subscribing, and I'll see you next time.